You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. When do we start? The world outside your window is, well, do I need to say it? But everything on Poster Recaps is super. It is everything is super on Poster Recaps. It's our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch here on Poster Recaps. This week talking about Thor the Dark World. Uh, Thor the Dark World with Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin, Thor the Dark World, as if it, if it didn't need if any further help hurting its reputation making its 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 presence as one of the lower tier marvel movies known it had to be this week that thor the dark world rears its <laughs> stupid freaking face in the darkest world of our own world <laughs> we look at the dark world and maybe i was influenced by what's happening around me but boy am i ready to rage yeah, against this kevin's movie mad. Ke- kevin's <laughs> mad kevin and i've been talking offline kevin kevin's mad about a lot of stuff uh, many of us many of us are um certainly uh we are we are hopeful that uh if you are listening to this podcast that means you are seeking a refuge uh, a, a port in the storm as it were uh as things are uh are what they are right now which is to say bad um and uh obviously kevin and i have a lot of thoughts on those matters um kevin i if, if there's anything you want to say you know i've been tweeting i've been i've been making my feelings on everything known um, you know, I know we want to we want to mostly talk about Marvel here, uh, but we cannot not acknowledge that uh, things are things are not good. Things are not great. Yeah, things are really bad. I mean, I don't want to delve too much into it. I mean, I think you and I both are, are tweeting a lot and, and posting. And we've and, had a lot of offline yes. banter. <laughs> banter is um, a light word for it. Yeah, I, I've I, you know, I, it's difficult to say in public forums because of repercussions. But I've been to things that are happening um regarding this um but like yeah it, it's 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 intense i have a lot of emotions and and anger and rage about it obviously i think even my anger and rage shouldn't even equal the anger and rage of specifically um you know black people who are experiencing this i can as i said before i i can empathize and i can relate to a certain degree but i can never really fully fully get there and i think that's important also for People like me, um, South Asians, East Asians, you know, West Indian, uh, Caribbean. I think it's also important that we stand by, you know, um, we be allies, but also acknowledge that, like, it is a little bit different for us. And um, also something important that's that's just a side note, like a lot of us come from cultures, too, that, you know, are are have have racist roots in them. Like, you know, our cultures didn't treat uh, black people well either. And we need to also acknowledge that, I think. And that's important. Um so reflect on that. I think uh, Asan Minaj had a um, great uh, speech about that he just released. So I encourage, you know, people of my descent and people, um, uh, you know, other people of color to take a look at that and really um, think about those aspects of it as well. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't want to delve too much further into this on this. No, it's no, supposed to be I, a nice escape, but it's good that we talk about it. Um, at least yeah. a bit. And and look, we're you know we are uh, one of the one of the great joys of getting to to podcast for me is it's the friends you make along the way, and of, <laughs> of course that that means the audience, and that means providing like a means of like um, while while you're you're thinking about everything that's happening and work that you have to do, work that you are doing, um, and you need to find a, a place to de-stress. 
Hopefully we are a home for you on on that front. We have tried to be over the years, and that means a lot to me. It provides me some meaning when this exercise of talking about every single Marvel movie and basically everything else that I do in my line of work can often feel like it doesn't matter at all. Um, so uh, hope, hopefully for you, if it's providing some respite, um, then that matters to us. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that, but but of course also... Kevin, that this project in particular has kept you and me very close. Uh, you know, you are you are my brother, and you are somebody who is more family than friend. Uh, I feel like I have said that uh, not just to you, but to many podcasters recently. But I but I really deeply deeply mean that uh, a decade plus of uh, companionship between the two of us and the fact that we get to talk about nonsense every week uh, means the world to me. Even if that nonsense this week is Thor. The dark world. And like maybe this will be cathartic, right? Because like maybe there's just like we need to like collectively rage against something. Yeah. Uh, and, and so like, you know, you, you can prop up Thor the dark world as a, as, a, as a punching bag, a pop culture punching bag right now as we are talking about the second movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, is what we're up against today on Everything is Super. Um, it is often listed as one of the, the very weakest films in the entire MCU pantheon. You're not going to hear me disagree with that take at all. But what I am going to say, Kevin, and this may help you out as well, is because it might not be enough for you to have a movie to be mad at. You may need like a specific human to be mad at. Uh, and I may be that human being for you today, Kevin. Uh, we had had this tweet a long way back when we announced everything is super uh, as a podcast project. Evil Roy on Twitter uh, had, uh, had announced a hot take. Uh, Thor the Dark World is much closer to okay than terrible. That is a tweet from March 30th from Evil Roy at Evil Roy CA on Twitter, who then bumped the tweet in May 28th uh, 2020 in the run-up to this podcast saying, I know you guys mocked this question when I asked it, but I'm trying again. I'm not saying it's good, just not a terrible movie. It is not Planet Nine from Outer Space, or if you want to keep it Marvel, it's not Howard the Duck. Uh, that was the take from Evil Roy, and that was the take that was echoing through my brain, Kevin, as I was sitting down a couple nights ago to watch Thor The Dark World, to do my homework, to get ready for this podcast, which is indeed coming a little bit late if you listen to this on the weekly. We appreciate your patience. Um, and Kevin, Thor The Dark World is definitely more okay than terrible. Uh, let's no. Start, let's no. start there. Let's start <laughs> I, there. Let's start there, and I'm just going to start the podcast, I think, in, in, you our, get one, in our... You, you can pick one. You can pick one, Kevin. You get to pick okay or terrible. And you're picking terrible. I'm picking over terrible. Okay. I am. I am picking terrible. Like uh, this movie is really bad, and I think uh, <laughs> I have seen some bad movies. Like I love bad movies, and I think this is the other mm. part of it is that this isn't even like a bad movie that I'm enjoying. Like mm. it's just not good. And sure, it's not Planet <laughs> Nine from Outer Space. And it's not Howard the Duck. But those are also movies from what is thirty to forty years ago at this point. Um, you would think that our evolution of storytelling ageist has, against has been movies. better. But yeah, but that's also a movie of the time periods, you know, that, that would that those were made that like emphasized and played into, you know, the the, the cheesiness to be horror moviness, at least for Planet Nine. Um and Howard the Duck was <laughs> at a time when comic book movies were being treated in a way that was like how, you know, um uh the 60s Batman where it wasn't always taken seriously. The medium was mm. different. And this movie is just 
terrible for a lot of reasons because the terrible. people also involved terrible people involved should know better like uh, this guy the director directed game of thrones he directed some lost episodes you know uh alan taylor i believe is the director correct um, yes yeah and he's 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 a an hbo fixture uh, yeah. has been involved in tons of uh really really great projects over for hbo whether it's game of thrones in the early seasons of game of thrones especially came back for uh beyond the wall in he game directed of we don't baylor do, he directed we, baylor you know we don't do game of thrones spoilers here but if you remember baylor you remember alan taylor's work uh the first probably major 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 shock moment of game of thrones comes from this man's directing but um he's not the initial director for thor the dark world i mean this is a beleaguered production this for is sure. a beleaguered production and you it know, shows Branagh <laughs> did not come back uh he did not come back uh he had uh there was you know all sorts he, he did not want to go like immediately back into the into the mcu given how hectic that was uh, these are notes that are compiled once again by the great Torbjorn Fraser. Um, Brian Kirk, another Game of Thrones alum, was uh, was briefly considered uh, as as a director as well. Uh, that did not go through. And then for a time, Patty Jenkins, who would go on to direct uh, Wonder Woman and the yet to be released as of this recording, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, was lined up to direct. She had signed on to direct Thor: The Dark World, um, and then it didn't work out. Uh, the the quote unquote creative differences uh, that that reared its head once again and Patty Jenkins who uh, I think that uh, my my take on Wonder Woman is the same as my take on uh, the Wolverine which is that it's like eighty percent a plus 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 until that last twenty percent when it suddenly becomes like a, an X Men movie in the case of the Wolverine, or it suddenly becomes a DC comic superhero movie. Yeah, it just becomes like every of, other DC superhero of, movie. Of Wonder Woman. Otherwise, it's like eighty percent perfect. Yeah. Uh, and if that had been the case here on Thor: The Dark World, uh, you know, Dianu. But I, I think what what we end up with is is a reverse for me, where I think there's like twenty percent of stuff in this that I I actively enjoy. And then 80% of stuff that I think is just like either uh, actual trash or at, or at best forgettable. Um, and that, that means that this is not a good movie. And I'm not going to try and defend its place as a good movie, but it's a beleaguered production. It's scatterbrained. It's schizophrenic. It's got a lot going on that it doesn't quite know what it wants to be because it doesn't have a unifying voice behind it. I think you probably were in like a phase where like the Kevin Feige, Ike Perlmutter stuff is still butting heads to a certain degree. There's a bit of a revolving door of of casting Zachary Levi coming in to play Fandral because Josh Dallas has to do Once Upon a Time. It's definitely the better career move. I mean, it was a very uh, popular show for a long time, though. <laughs> Once Upon a Time, it was. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen nearly being in this. Uh, but instead, he's going to be saved for Doctor Strange. Um, but I, I think that there's there are a lot of people who are very unhappy in the making of this movie. Alan Taylor, I don't think, has had a lot of super kind things to say about the experience of making this movie. Uh, Chris Hemsworth did not, did not enjoy this, did not enjoy Age of Ultron. There has been, uh, I, if not on-the-record stuff from Chris Hemsworth, then certainly like background stuff from some of these like bigger Marvel pieces that you read. Um, uh, around the time of Avengers Endgame where Chris Hemsworth's like, yeah, I was ready to go. And then Taika comes in and saves Thor and gives us Thor Ragnarok, and that's one of the best movies in, in superhero history, let alone the MCU. 
And uh, obviously, Nat Poe is pretty thumbs down on this experience. We're done with Natalie Portman until I guess she's gotten revved up by Taika Waititi as well. As we uh, all should. So people were upset. People were not enjoying the experience of Thor The Dark World. And so I'm not going to say it's a good movie. But sometimes it looks cool. No, sometimes, see, I, so, sometimes it looks okay. I even sometimes disagree it looks with cool. that, man. I have such a litany of things that are specifically broken down about this movie. Here, uh, I'm I'm grabbing a bottle. I'm shaking it up. I'm shaking it up. That's what all of that uh, all of that verbosity was about. Uh, now I'm I'm popping the cork, <laughs> and Kevin spew go everywhere. <laughs> I mean, give look, us everything. Lay I mean, it all out. First of all, 20% of this movie being good is out of control. There's there's <laughs> one good thing about this movie and a 0.5 good thing about this movie. And if you think that's going to be my ultimate rating, you're still wrong. <laughs> but um th- let's let's start let's start you listed off about the directing changes and the the acting trouble and everything else. No offense to the person who actually was this, but did this movie have an editor even? Like the, the the movie starts off with this weird long exposition scene, which what a great way to start these movies. Uh, Dan Leventhal this... and Wyatt Smith are not thrilled. To this podcast <laughs> but right like now. The, the background that they give about like Malekith and all this stuff about the dark elves and everything, it's like okay, fine, that happens in movies. Literally, not like what twenty five minutes later, there is a scene where Odin then explains again everything we saw at the beginning of this movie. And I was like, why mm. did they just repeat this? They could have just saved it here. Now I can see why, because studios were probably flipping out. And they're like, we need to have this at the beginning. And they then they forgot to remove it later on. But they're like, we can't cut it because then that's a scene between Thor and Odin. And not only that, the other second example of that, they show the moment uh, that Selvig gets arrested running around naked at Stonehenge. And then they show the scene again later on TV at the news report. And I'm like, we're watching the entire thing again, the entire scene. They're just watching it again. Like, which is just the uh, the most, like, obvious examples of that. There's so many more about, like, bad cuts. Like, don't even get me started when it comes to them that doing a little breakout plan high style and they keep cutting back to them around the table that was bad that was bad cuts why did they keep cutting back it's not like their plan was super intricate that we're like we need to follow along these plot threads like it's heat or it's oceans 11 or something um so there's that uh, right yeah. out the bat the acting stuff yeah you can tell no one was liking this and i think i don't even blame them the everyone in this movie i just feel like was so bland nobody had personality one person had personality and that was tom hiddleston rocking it as as loki and that's the one good thing about this but thor was so non-existent like all the charm all the humor like everything he had from that first film and that he will have later is gone in this movie there's nothing he's just this bland person walking around being like i'm noble and good and it's just kind of like okay cool like nothing was surprising everything was by the numbers and then, just a hit on the point you just hit on, Mr. Joshua, the the <laughs> visual. My father calls me. <laughs> you know that there is a, a a great artist on Twitter named Mr. Joshua that uh, has nothing to do with anything here, but I really a very strange, strange artwork uh, that I that I recommend. I'm gonna have to go look at this later. Also, um, Mr. Joshua is the name of the uh, uh, the Gary Busey character in Lethal Weapon. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. I've been wanting to do a rewatch of Lethal Weapon. Um, That's coming up next. W- <laughs> Mr. Joshua on Twitter is uh, his handle is at pants, as in what you wear on the bottoms of your body. 
he must have started early to be able to get that handle. Just a simple I just pants. recommend it. Uh, it was recommended to me by the great Spencer Perry of comicbook.com and uh, never fails to make me laugh. Anyway, I've interrupted a train of thought. Oh, no, it's fine. Guarding myself because I felt like you were about to blame me for something. So I just really wanted to go. <laughs> the, the visuals in this movie, I feel like we're even a downgrade from the first movie. And I can't fully pinpoint exactly where the turn happens. But I know what it is. You know, like Asgard is just... Rivendell. Like there's a point where where uh um uh Jane and Thor together and Robin was just like, hey, look, they're in Rivendell. And I'm like, that's exactly my issue. Nothing about Asgard looks interesting or unique anymore. It all just looks like someone's just like, let's just do Lord of the Rings, guys. We still have those sets, right. right? And it just looks like that. And even then when they throw in the dark elves as something different, it's not. It's just Star Wars. Like it's like they took, like, let's just take Star Wars sci-fi and put it in this fantasy like setting that's everyone where every fantasy setting looks the same and we'll just mash that together. And, and it doesn't blend. It doesn't feel unique. It's just two things mixed together that are still separated and just clashing. And it doesn't look interesting. It doesn't look unique. It doesn't look new. Compare that to where we end up on Thor Ragnarok. And even though it's still the same setting, there's a difference to it. There's something that feels unique, that feels interesting, that feels cool. Hela feels way different of a presence than just these dark elves showing up in their little spaceships and they're just then going back to like... Let's go easy on the dark elves. I think the dark elves look cool. I think the dark elves look cool. I like their little masks. I like their little, they're like sort of like Greco-Roman masks. I like their hair. I like their little gun cannon things. You know, I'm a sucker for a putty. I love a good putty <laughs> of Power Rangers fame. And they're kind of like Marvel Cinematic Universe Dark Elf putties. And I kind of love them. I kind of love the, the Dark Elf design. The main I really, ones. Really, I really do. I can give it to you for the main, like, like soldier elves. Yes, those That's are That's what cool. I mean. I mean the foot soldiers. I think their design is pretty dope. Those are fine. Their design of the foot soldiers are interesting and look cool. I can agree Wait, with would that. You, would you give me that the design of the, of the Dark Elf putties... Uh, that the design work there is dope. Would you would you go as far as to say the design work is dope for the putties? Yes, for the uh, the rest of the dark elves and for Malekith. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Malekith? Malekith looks Whoa, cool. Are we doing that now? Are we going into Malekith, the villain? <laughs> Malekith, Malekith looks kind of cool. No. No. What's cool about him? Like he, he just it's just like. He's like scowly. He looks like, uh, you know what? I think my heart is a little more open to the Dark Elves because one of my favorite video games of all time is Final Fantasy IV. And in Final Fantasy IV, there's a segment of the game where you got to go and get the Earth Crystal back from this uh, this awful, greedy, uh, lecherous, uh, sinful Dark Elf. The Dark Elf has stolen the Earth Crystal. And you have to go into the Dark Elf's cave to go and get the crystal. And you can't have any metallic armor or weapons equipped because the Dark Elf has made it so that his cave uh, has been like magnetized. So if you have any of that stuff on, you can't do anything. So you have to wear like leather armor. You have to have like bows and arrows uh, instead of Cecil having his massive sword. And that's all that you're allowed to use. And the Dark Elf is just like this petty MFer. And I and I hate him so much, but I love him as part of the lore. And I think I assign a lot of my nostalgic feelings of the Dark Elf onto Malekith, the Dark Elf here in Thor the Dark World. So maybe I'm just inclined to appreciate him a little bit more because I have this very 
very subjective bias towards uh, what the Dark Elf means to me in terms of my memory. But I think that Dark Elves look kind of cool. And this Dark Elf looks like a really cool version of the Final Fantasy IV Dark Elf. Yeah, but he's also boring and uninteresting and a crappy villain. He's very boring. He's very boring, but like they speak dark elfish, the Spartal Hymian. Which is another thing in it because the delivery on those lines are so bland whenever they do it. That's another thing about bland characterization. Nothing about the dark elves are also interesting as like a villainous force. They have nothing. Once again, we are given a villain that has no association or relation or interest toward Thor. Like, yes, Loki works as a villain. If we had it, I'm glad we never included Laufey and and the Destroyer armor because, again, Laufey has nothing to do with him and this is the same thing. This is like if they were like, okay, what if we did make Laufey the villain, though? And it's not even like he's Odin's villain. He's Odin's dad's villain. He's Thor's grandfather's villain. And their motivation is what? They're like, we want to return to darkness, so we're evil. Okay, cool. At least, honestly, considering the world, like, I'm evil is a fine thing to be like evil, <laughs> but if that's the bad guy, right? Like if your bad guy's yeah. entire thing is just like, I'm evil. I'm like, well, that's believable. Now you're just pure evil. Sure. But at least be interesting in doing it or else you're just bland and boring and nothing, especially in fiction. I mean, in real life, that's a whole other conversation, but in, in, in fiction, fiction, it's just Malkith had no interesting motivation. He had no strong delivery on his lines. I like Christopher Eccleston in in Doctor Who, but sometimes I really wonder what his choices were from like from G.I. Joe to this. I guess so. Well, I I do I do think that, you know, um for the guy who played Destro, and I think he was really only in like classic G.I. Joe Cobra Destro mode for the very end of the movie. So I wonder what the makeup effects process was like for him there. Um, but I think that he, much like Hugo Weaving with Red Skull, I think was pretty miserable making this movie um, physically in in addition to like um, career fulfillment and, you know, personal fulfillment as an actor. Uh, not going to get me to say a bad thing about Christopher Eccleston, uh, considering the role he played on The Leftovers and and such an incredible job he, he does on that show and the, what his character represents to to that universe and um you know a lot of like the meaning that i've divined from that um but in this is he anything special no of course not i think i do think he looks cool i think especially when he gets kind of like two-faced you know because he got he got got, like blasted it's kind of cool i think malekith was uh the central villain of jason aaron's thor comic book run right or one of uh jason aaron's thor comic book runs Possibly one of them. It's hard for me to remember. You're talking about the one where it's uh, when Jane becomes uh, Thor. Was yeah, the one I, th- I, that. I think I, th- I think so. I haven't read it, but I, I think that there are people who are pretty hyped on Malekith as a comic book character. Um, well, that's if there was, that's fine. If yeah, if it was a if character there's any, if the there's comic. any sort of like deviousness, like wicked charm uh, from the comic books, it doesn't translate to the screen. A hundred percent. Like and like at least like Hugo Weaving. Uh, as the Red Skull was able to transcend whatever like physical discomfort was going on there because he was written better, uh, whatever reasons. Um, I think that like probably like the scattershot writing on this one, all of the different cooks in the kitchen, the constant changing of the guard in the cookery of the kitchen uh, does not make things um, uh, cohesive as far as like the meal hitting the table. Uh, Malekith is probably the chief example of that but i will say in in a point in the favor of the argument kevin that thor the dark world is a bad movie is 
I actually don't think I could really tell you what this movie's about. No, because there's no real could you, plot. Could you, what, what, is the, what is the movie about, Thor of the Dark World? The movie seems to be about, there's a thing we're introducing, a MacGuffin called the Aether, which we're going to know as an Infinity Stone in the future. Um, and at some point long ago, the Dark Elves wanted to use that to turn the world back into dark. And then they got beaten by Thor's granddaddy. And now there's going to be a thing called the Convergence, which is also not an original idea because every fantasy sci-fi thing has this like, oh, the the, the, the worlds are aligning. Um, but now that that's happening, they can come out and they can use the Aether to, to return the world to darkness again. And somehow Jane finds it because coincidences, why not? And it infects her and then the plot becomes, we got to get this out of Jane. And then our plan is to give it to the elves so they'll remove it from her and then we can destroy it but then th that doesn't work because obviously why would it and then they go to earth because my question immediately i think at one point robin was just like why would they go to earth and i'm like because that's where the movie can happen like to quote um pitch meeting one of my favorite youtube uh, series uh it's just like th there's just so much nonsense and then it's just like okay so then they fight to stop that from happening and then they do that and then the end everyone's happy oh also uh, remember all those plot points about how Thor has been gone for a while? We're just going to gloss over that. Uh, Jane's just like, where were you? It's been two years. His response was, I am I was busy. Okay, I guess that's fine for their relationship. Um, which, two yeah, days. See, it was, it was after just physical. Two, yeah, two years? Two years just waiting to be like, man, man those two days, though, I was, I was so horny for it. that I Somebody <laughs> just, hasn't seen before sunrise. Well, that is different. Um... And then, like, the ending of the movie again being just like, and then, you know, as we get to the post-credits, and then he comes back. There's just so much of that, too. Like, the first 20 minutes of this movie was spent establishing, like, these two people miss each other. And again, if they if we had a care for them as actual romanticism or any sort of relationship that was developed in the first film, maybe. But again, the, this idea of they're just so sad and he's able to come back and then leave and then come back again at the end after the first movie's ending, ugh. There's just, it's a mess. There was clearly like so much going on, like you said, behind the scenes that it just came together slow, so slapshot. And it ended up just not working like in any capacity, except for one, except for Loki, except for Tom Hiddleston, giving it his all, just really pouring himself into that role. No respect for Renee Russo on her way out the, the door. Here's the thing. Renee Russo, I, 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 I like her, but she spent a total of six minutes both films like added together six minutes of screen time is that an actual films. number or are you just making that up? i'm just making that up but it is okay. it's I, I would be flabbergasted if it's more than 10 but like that and then it's supposed to be like oh she died so we're supposed to really care and feel for that moment the only connection we have that is relying on just the audience like playing towards the audience pov is because it's thor's mom we're supposed to connect to that moment because it's his mom and we can all, uh, you know, understand and relate to that. That's just cheating. It's like if they had established the character better, if they had had more scenes with her, if they established a relationship between her and Loki more over Loki and Odin, and then have a moment that 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 death could have an impact, that would be great. And instead, no, we get none of it. We had a few minutes of her and then she dies and we're supposed to feel really, really sad about it and be like, this is... This is the turning point. This is this is devastating. Um, yeah, I just, woof. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I think something that was interesting that you said to me, uh, 
just now is like how like with Thor Ragnarok, yet we go back to Asgard, but it like feels different. It looks different. Like it's got more of an identity. Um, you know what I think of when I when I think of what I hope is going to happen, uh, that we are going to live long enough to get many more <laughs> Thor movies would be nice. Um, and that they are all of a quality level, both visually, tonally, all of that, uh, of Ragnarok. And what what's going to happen in the rear view with Thor um, and to a, a larger degree, the Dark World, is going to be sort of similar to like the Harry Potter saga, uh, where like you think back to Sorcerer's Stone and uh, whatever the frick with the... With the uh, Chamber the, of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. Get us the together, one, Joshua. The one with the big snake, the basilisk. Oh, okay. Uh, that, you like, you you redeemed yourself uh, by by nailing that. I one. was there. I was there, Moaning <laughs> Myrtle. I was there. I was there. You got to tell. You got to stab the thing. You unscramble Vold, uh, Lord Voldemort. I am Tom Riddle. Like I remember. I am Lord I remember Riddle it. from Tom. Riddle. I just it, it just needed. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> that's that's really dumb. That's really 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 dumb. Uh, but there's like sort of like a, a, a like a just like something that's like very, very young about those movies, both in terms of like the actors, obviously, but I think that there is, and some people are going to wildly disagree with this take. Um, but you know, there is like the, the Harry Potter of, uh, like where, where Richard Harris is Albus Dumbledore. And then where Michael Gambon is, is Dumbledore. Um, and I, I adore Richard Harris as Dumbledore, but I have a hard time imagining how that Dumbledore and that depiction of Dumbledore would have fit alongside with like the more dangerous and menacing tone that Harry Potter accumulates over time. Um, in a similar way, what Taika is going to do in Ragnarok is he's going to like cut the Warriors three down so quickly. And there's something very, I think that I've made it clear already, but if not, like, let me do it again. I really dislike the Warriors three as they were depicted in the MCU. Uh, like, I really dislike Ray Stevenson as Volstagg. I just don't like the performance at all. They had two shots at Fandral, and I think that they whiffed on both of them. Hogan's fine, I guess. And, like, I think maybe they recognize that, like, he's the one that should live the longest. So they give him a cool action scene <laughs> in, uh, in in Ragnarok. But these other two guys just literally just get, like, blapped by by Hela, right? Like, doesn't she just, like, oh, yeah, show like, up? And, like, almost immediately. You know, so it's like almost like there's like an awareness like that that's the stuff that's not working. And I think that that speaks to this idea that you're talking about of like there is like a collision of tones of like, let's just like put a bunch of different like fantasy things into a blender and see what comes out. And it just is a, a little bit of a mess of a meal. There, there, there are like bits on the plate that I really enjoy. That's like the, the dark, the dark elf putties, I think, look super dope. Um, you know, I think the, the rainbow bridge and, and like the, the higher views of Asgard look pretty cool. Um, I think like some of the technology of the dark elves, I, I enjoy like whatever that like vortex thing is, is cool. Like where they like shoot you into like the middle of like a spinning vortex and you just get like sucked into oblivion. Yeah. That there's like cool a black hole bomb essentially. Yeah, or a, sing I think that a singularity that cool. bomb, I guess. I think that looks cool, but I think it looks very odd contrasted against the imagery that's established in the first Thor and where Taika Waititi is able to unravel that with Ragnarok, this movie really doesn't do that. So it's it's very incoherent. Um, it's a very incoherent movie. It is it is like a, a pretty unimportant movie in the grand scheme of things. Because like, what are the important things that happen? This sets up an Infinity Stone, so I guess that's important for the grand scheme of things. 
Um, it sets up that Thor is back on Earth, but you could have just taken that after Avengers and it would have probably been fine. Yep. Um, what does it really do with Loki? And this is actually maybe we're going to, I don't want to like fight with you, but like this is the take that I keep seeing. Like the movie is saved by Loki. Why is Loki so like measurably the best part of this movie in your opinion? Because I, I mean, I guess he's probably the best part of the movie, but like I don't think that he's transcendent by any stretch of the imagination in this movie. His story is totally fine. If In fact, I think his story actually kind of stinks. This story is like, let me get out of jail and pretend to die, and then I'm going to steal the throne, and all of that stuff like happens off screen, and like it could have been a cool road movie, which they again rectify for Ragnarok of like the brothers of of Odin uh, going off on a mission together on like a, a a road trip together through space, and they start down that path with like 50 minutes left in the movie, and that lasts for about 15 minutes total. If you're taking out like all of like the montage of the Ocean's Elevenry that's happening as they're as they're planning all of that, but what's so great about Loki? I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I totally get it in this movie. I would never say that Loki saves this movie because again, this movie is trash. But he is. If if this movie is trash, he's like the bagged up Happy Meal that someone accidentally put in the trash that's still when you open it they're like oh hey man there's a full Happy Meal in here and it was in a bag so it's not and like, that no bad one got, no one got to it like, yeah exactly it but it's still protected. like the best thing possible in like a pile of trash so that's that's hey, the comparison I'm gonna who, make. who are into that so that's fine. yeah and that's the thing the I think I think Tom Hiddleston as Loki I think Loki is again, I think he is better in this movie than previous movies because we get a little bit more of him. He gets a little bit of more of those ethos and pathos. The scene where where after you know um, um, uh, Freya dies um, and Thor goes to it and it looks like everything's fine. He asks him to remove the illusion and Loki's room is trash and he's just sitting there in the corner all messed up. Is a great character moment. The beats of Loki actually interacting with Thor is a great, great character beats moment with him. You can start to sort of see his turn where he actually was helping Thor. He was actually trying to do a little bit of good, though, and but hasn't reached there yet. And he's not going to until later on. But like those things are good, at least for the character. And Tom Hiddleston is just having fun with it because that's what Loki is. He kept personality, whereas Thor and everyone else lost their personality. Uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki kept his personality. And you don't think it's it. funny when Thor goes on on the subway? I don't even remember that, that part. My God. Thor goes on the subway because he and Malekith are fighting and he needs to get back oh. to the fight. Oh, we'll he get to the end. We'll, we'll get back to the ending fight. In a, we'll, we'll get to that when we discuss it because I have feelings. Um, but like the Chris Evans thing, right? Like obviously people talk about that moment and it's a great character moment. Like obviously that's not on Tom Hiddleston. That's on Chris Evans cameoing for a brief moment to have a really fun thing. But like things like that add this element of fun and humor to the movie that was vanished otherwise. And I think that's why people respond really well to Loki in this. And I think that's why they like him. Again, Loki's not a good person because he off screen gets rid of his dad and we don't get a payoff for that till Ragnarok and takes over the throne. Um, also, though, I I mean, like there's zero moment. I think it, it, it watching this where I was just like, oh, no, Loki's really dead. Like, I'm glad that they just immediately. There was no moment. There was yeah. no moment when I thought that Loki was dead. Yeah. Uh, no moment whatsoever. And I, I I am a little offended still at the notion of like them trying to convince us that Loki died. Uh, they actually kill Loki eventually, and like they're making a TV. Loki, you can never feel a true sense of danger around anymore. No, uh, you you can't because he's fan beloved. And you can literally you can literally kill him, but he'll still have a TV show. Right, and the I new mean, Agent Coulson. 
to be to be fair, Vision is also dead and he gets a TV show. There's ways around it, I think, in the MCU, and that's what they're obviously doing with this show. But, you know, he's a beloved character, but he's also like, I mean, in, in a way of speaking, we're, we're from the world of comics. Josh, deal, you know, death is never anything. You know, sure. it, no one ever stays dead. People used to say the only people that stay dead are Jason, Todd, Bucky, and Uncle Ben. And two of those people are very much alive again. Um, yeah. So it's it's a very, comics and death is meaningless. Now, I, I do think it would be better if they transcended that idea into the, the movies to keep people dead. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's for a future discussion, I guess, on whether or not Loki should stay dead. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think what you're saying I agree with is that like Loki isn't saving this movie, but is he the best thing in this movie? Yes, I think. I think his presence and his 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 humor and his exuberance brings a new level to it. Now, again, it is the bagged up Happy Meal in a, uh, a dumpster, but you know. Uh, you keep saying that and it actually does sound kind of good. But that's my point. It's a comparison. That's why people say that. Because when you're faced with that situation, you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, so, what's, so what's the next thing that's in the dumpster uh, that is uh, edible or that you would like consider eating? What would your second choice be in this movie and what is it? So that's a, that's a good transition because to me, the ending fight scene had a lot of potential. It had a lot yeah, of potential. I think that this gets bagged on as like just like another like disaster porn final battle and it's mostly that. It's mostly that. It is mostly that. It had a, But then it's kind of cool when they're like punching each other through like wormholes and stuff. Yes, and that's It has a sense of place, right? That's cool, right? Like that 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 would have accomplished what I always talk about, but they didn't use it I think in a way that was a, once again interesting. You did get the beats where they end up in a subway and that's cool. But almost every time they went to another uh, realm, it was just like, it's a rocky terrain and it's weirdly colored and there's no real defining characteristics. Well, it's just the same spot. It was the same place. It's just like barren planet. Well, I think they went to wherever Malekith was. I think they went to the, the, the ice giants world. But like, that's my point. You had a potential to do so many cool things, so many jump arounds that could have been really awesome. And they did take advantage a little bit, but not in a way that really made that, that ending fight transcend. But the idea of it, the the conceit of it, is cool and 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 would have been really awesome. The other parts, of the, unfortunately, of the battle do suck. One, when they were just like, "Oh, where is it?" and they're just like Greenwich, and I'm like, "Oh, well, that's lucky. It's a good thing you guys were in London already and in the UK. I'm glad that that was so close by." Um, and then other, the other thing is that when he shows when Malkith first shows up, it's like, "What are they fighting? Oh, a giant cloud." That is yeah. like the villain of this time period. And I don't know how everyone, every studio exec thought like, yes, dangerous clouds. That's well, the, the thing the, that people what are going to be What else is the dangerous of. cloud? There was the, they did the Cloud Galactus. And, cloud Galactus. Uh, Fantastic Four. Green Lantern had a Oh yeah, cloud, Green Lantern cloud has villain. a cloud. Those are the three that come immediately to mind. All three comic book films around the same time period. Yeah, I do think to a degree, like Thor the Dark World is like, we're post Avengers, but we're like, and Avengers really worked. And I wonder what the timeline is. And I don't know, but I'm sure Dark World they're having to like develop because uh, it comes out in 2013, uh, I believe. Yes, I believe that is correct. Uh, and Avengers came out in 2012. So like they're, you know, hard at work on Dark World as Avengers um, has already uh, arrived uh, or is in the process of arriving. I would, I would, I, I'm a little surprised at like how a fear of being a comic book movie. Uh, this movie does seem to be um, that I, I think 
It's funny because I do think this is a race to the bottom between Thor the Dark World and the Incredible Hulk for me. And I don't imagine that there's going to be another competitor here coming up. Um, I don't like think this, so. <laughs> in this closeness of, of conversation. Like, I'm not even going to be spicy here and say, like, I don't like Doctor Strange that much. I'm going to put, you know, like, no. Like, Doctor Strange has, has, if I'm saying that the Dark Elf putties are dope, uh, like you can imagine that, like the the aesthetic of of Doctor Strange will uh, will get even more thumbs up from me uh, on a, a never ending time loop. Um, but I do think it's this like race to the bottom, and I think one of the things like one of the things that's that's compelling to me about that between the comparison of like Dark World versus the Incredible Hulk. Right now, I think I enjoyed the experience of watching Dark World more Oof. than I enjoyed the experience of watching The Incredible Hulk. Not by much, but I but I did. I, I, I think if I'm being honest with myself, maybe like I needed to unplug and I needed to unwind and I just needed to shut my brain off and like I was able to just kind of appreciate like something like vaguely pretty uh, and you know, uh, with familiar faces and stuff. And the Chris Evans gag really gets me with Captain America when they, when they have Loki transforming into, into Captain America, I think is one of, one of the, the great moments of, uh, of the Marvel universe up to that point. It's just a, a very funny cameo. Um, but I, I think we talked a lot about how the incredible Hulk has a lot of like callbacks to the incredible Hulk TV show. Like it's really trying to, it's not succeeding, but it's trying to hulk out. It is. It is going for that. It's just missing. What is Thor, the Dark World, going for? Um, and so I think like that's like a big point of contrast between those two movies, where at least like do you admire the Incredible Hulk more because like yeah, it's missing, but it's swinging. And Thor, the Dark World, really does seem like it just exists because the Marvel movies are a success. The Avengers made a billion dollars and is one of the highest grossing movies of all time at this point. We're clearly in the Marvel business for a long time now. We need to get another Thor movie out there yet uh, fast because we're not yet at the place where, uh, you know, Kevin Feige is going to have the, the creative freedom to take quote unquote gambles on things that are also going to make billions of dollars because they shouldn't have been gambles, but they were gambles. Anger. Um, and I think that this is just like a placeholder replacement level movie, which I think is it, it's an OK movie. But like talking it out with you more and like hearing like my own words is convincing me that like it's terrible that we just have an OK movie here. That's what maybe where I'll go with terrible is like I think that this movie is just OK and it is a real bummer that it's just okay. Because this movie should be like going for something. Like Iron Man 3, which you and I really, really enjoyed, a lot of people do not. But I think that even the people who don't like it, you, you have to be able to look in the mirror and say at least it swung for something. You know? It stood for something. Did it fall under the weight of your scrutiny? Perhaps. Mightily so, maybe even. But what does Thor the Dark World stand for? Yeah. What, did, what, did, what did it stand for? And I would say it probably stands for nothing. Nothing. About, and if you stood for nothing. if you stand for nothing, then what do you fall for? Uh, you know. And, uh, so wait, do I? What should I do here? Do I like Thor: The Dark World more than The Incredible Hulk, or do I like The Incredible Hulk more than Thor: The Dark World? Well, here's here's my here's my thing, right? Like, I think you you're right. Not only the to me, The Incredible Hulk swing for something and do those callbacks and do those references, whether or not it worked out. I think also. The Incredible Hulk at least had, again, villains who weren't great villains, but they had something where we're like, right, that's what they're trying to do. 
and they had a connection to the hero in some way, shape, or form. So the villains, even as shitty as they are, are still slightly better than Malekith and what the Dark Elves were. Um, you had a situation where there's a plot structure to the Incredible Hulk. You could understand, like, ah, this is how they went from point A to point B to point C. Whereas in, in Thor The Dark World, there is none of that. And again, the directing and editing of it all, I think, once again, it feels like the Incredible Hulk has those moments. You had those cool things where it's like, um, you know, uh, um, um, Blonsky doing the run inside the campus. Like, there's moments where you can look at the Hulk and be like, oh, yeah, they did really cool stuff here. Whereas in Thor to Dark World, it's even when they attempt to do something cool, they fall on their face. Um, and I think that's not great. And I think, yes, especially compared to so much of the rest of the MCU, and especially, I think, Josh, at this point, remember when Incredible Hulk came out? This is not a new, like, age of the like just starting off of the mcu this is not a phase one movie this is phase two this is they have seen what has been working and where they've been going and this is still what we got i think with all that behind it with all that knowledge there this is a terrible movie yeah terrible <laughs> terrible terrible still feels harsh to me um chris o'dowd is he not funny in this Chris O'Dowd is funny. I mean, the other, the other, the other, like point. Is he not funny? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you unwrap? Wouldn't you eat that from the the garbage? (laughs) Uh, Chris O'Dowd. He would be like uh, the errant onion ring that made it into the French fries that are part of the Happy Meal. Yeah, exactly. You were just like, like, oh, surprise! I'll eat that. That's actually a perfect analogy. He's exactly that. You're very excited for him. You just wish there was more. And I think that's yeah. what makes an onion is the one singular onion ring. And the other thing was, of course, you know, to call out like who had personality, uh, Chris O'Dowd did and Darcy did. But again, I, I'm still just going to say I that love personality Darcy. is just Cat uh, Dennings. That's it. That's her personality is just being that person. Um, but I did think she was more amusing in this movie. But in the same way where it's just like, well, yeah, she's more amusing because everything else is terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, terrible might. I, I don't think it's harsh, but it's bad it's bad like just okay does not hit that level for me there's a lot of other movies that we're going to be watching that i think hit the yeah this is just okay ant-man from what i remember is a yeah this is just okay uh type movie um but this movie you put that if that's the level of just okay is ant-man my god this is nowhere near so you're you're saying i need you're saying i need to take a stand here uh, you're saying it's time, like, and you want this to be like uh, the two of us in unison with one voice saying Thor: The Dark World is a terrible movie, and we have to draw a line somewhere. I think I think I would love for that to be the case. That's I think where you, you want me to go. If, I think if you're feeling that, you should you should do it. Um, <laughs> if we've convinced you that that's the case, then yes. Well, look, um, so we're not going to do like a super long podcast this week because reasons. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're a little late. It's Thor of the Dark World. I'm really tired. Uh, and I, I need to stop staring at screens. And I'm sure that, Kevin, you feel very similarly. I am exhausted. Um, <laughs> exhausted. And we'll get to feedback in a bit. And usually the structure of the podcast is we wait until the end to do our Infinity Stone rankings and everything like that. Um, and I think we could still put, you know, we, we, could, we could put that to work at, at the end of the podcast, but we could start looking towards it. Um, in the Infinity Stone rankings, um, I gave The Incredible Hulk a 1.5 out of six, which is a very low score. Right now, I currently have Thor The Dark World at a two. Oh, my I God. I have it a, a <laughs> half point higher than The Incredible Hulk. That's so high. 
And my question is, 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 should I be, should I be, is the, is Thor the Dark World at least as bad as the Incredible Hulk? Is that your argument? Make the argument, make the pitch. That's, I mean, my argument is, is exactly that for you, uh, is that it's as least as bad as Incredible Hulk. Like, from everything we've laid out right now, even if you're just like, ah, you know, I, I did, which one did I enjoy more? Which one did I like more? They're both hitting what sounds like at the same level for you. And there's bits and pieces. I don't pieces. really know what either movie is about. You know, The Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner is trying not to be Hulk anymore. And he's trying to, like, not get caught. And that's, like, the movie. And then he has to fight uh, Emil Blonsky. He wants that. He, he wants that. The movie is that Bruce Banner wants to be cured of this thing that he feels is a terrible burden. And at the end, he realizes he can't release this burden because there's bad things that are going to happen. And he needs to live in peace with this part of himself and realize that that is a part of him just as much as dark things can be a part of all of us. Okay, now do that for Thor the Dark World. (laughs) You can't. That's my point. You can't. You can't do that in Thor the Dark World. There's no journey. Yeah, I do think think it's probably a worse movie. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right, this is happening live. This is, uh, this, is this podcast is live. This tribal council, live tribal council. Uh, the incredible, the incredible Hulk is a 1.5 for me. Thor: The Dark World was a two. I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Thor: The Dark World right now at. I, ne- I guess I need to make a decision of which one's better, Hulk or Thor. Uh, I can't have them both be at 1.5s, right? You can. Um, I mean, there's gonna be movies that we throw up there. I think that there's gonna be a number of sixes, and there'll be. Certainly, some that are slightly better than others. That's that's Look, my I would way. Put of doing on Thor: it, The but. Dark World over you know any of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. I'd rather watch this. You know, mm, I'd rather. Watch I might do the first one over Thor: The Dark World, but none of the others. I guess I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, the moment right, but, when Optimus Prime show, shows up for the first time and he you know speaks and he's just like, "My name is Optimus Prime." In the theater, I remember being like, "Ah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's Optimus," you know. <laughs> All right. Well, for now, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at a 1.5. I'm gonna put them both at a 1.5. We'll see where it goes. You know, maybe a week will pass, and I'll be like, I think that was harsh, and then I'll change my mind again, or maybe I'll be like, you know what? Uh, public opinion has swayed me even further. Uh, my opinions are moldable. <laughs> and I think it's um, important for the fans too. I mean, it is a little more difficult for 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 for, uh, for Brendan to do this, but. You do have shifting uh, ratings. I feel like it's important for us to know that. So where yeah. later on you're like, oh no, this this was good. The other one's bad. I need to drop that. Yeah. Down. yeah. So I'm going to shift it. I'm shifting it. I'm going to say Thor: The Dark World and The Incredible Hulk are both bad, and they're both about as bad as each other. But I do think that The Incredible Hulk goes for something. I'm making a choice. All right. So The Incredible Hulk, I'm going to keep at a 1.5, and Thor: The Dark World, I'm going to give a 1.4. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> there a one, it is. Just a, just a. <laughs> Just to put a point on it, uh, just to, to draw a line in the sand that this is not okay, this movie. That this movie uh, needed to have, it needed to stand for something. Yes. Uh, I, the, more, the more we're talking about it, the more annoyed I am, actually, that this movie exists. Uh, and that at this point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, this, this, like, Incredible Hulk, they don't know that they're going to be able to do a cinematic universe, and then they scramble things together behind the scenes to get it to work, and they're not able to do it. But at least they're trying. And here in Thor the Dark World, they shouldn't have to have that scatterbrained approach anymore. They should know that this stuff, they're cooking with gas. If they're able to make Iron Man 3 at this point, they got to be able to make a better Thor movie than the Dark World. Uh, or they got to have the confidence to like put out Black Panther now. 
You know, they're going to put out Guardians of the Galaxy, a, a movie or two after this. Uh, like now is the time to not just take one risk. Let's start. Let's start being even bolder. Uh, so um, I know that there's a lot of behind the scenes reasons why that's not the case at this moment in Marvel's history. Um, but I still think that after the proven success of these movies, Thor: The Dark World, really unforgivable that it's not a good movie. Um, that it's that it's just okay does indeed make it terrible. Final ruling on the field, Thor: The Dark World's getting a one point four from me, and I understand a one from you. That is correct. It has a one. No, I never expected you to go that low, but I decided boy, oh to boy. go one point four. <laughs> well, I went three point four for uh, for for the original Thor, so about two full points lower than the original Thor. Feels about right. I think my original Thor was like a three. You were a three. Yes. So you're two full points below the original three. Audience is a 2.4 on Thor The Dark World, uh, which gives us an official rating of 1.6. It is the bottom of the barrel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it currently stands. Um, Let's do the villain rankings while we're here, and then we'll we'll (laughs) clean up with some feedback at the end of this. Yeah. Um, uh, you're going to... Am I looking at the data correctly? You're giving Malekith a zero? I am. That is correct data for me. I, like I said, this... A flat zero? A flat zero. This character is just, again, there's nothing to him. There's nothing I can speak towards that about what's interesting. Because like even for me, the design didn't hit. Because it was just sort of like, okay, sure. He Because like also, uh, that design, by the way... I could be way off base here, but the design of an elf that looks like that, that is a dark elf, I believe, is very similar to a famous um, series of books. What is it called? The Eldritch or something? Eldritch? El- like, there is a character that looks identical to that, where it's white hair, all white, and he's an elf. So even that, the I dark, was just The like, Dark Elf book trilogy, uh, there's Drizzt, Drizzt the Dark Elf. It's, it's a, a Homeland trilogy. It starts with an E. I'm near positive. Someone... Forgotten someone realms. Someone, someone Forgotten listening, realms. please hit me on on what it is. Um, yeah, let's that's see. a character for sure. Whether or not that's the thing, Baldur's Gate. Uh, Dragon. Maybe it was character. forgotten. Maybe maybe it was Forgotten Realms that I'm thinking of. All right. Well, this is not a rabbit hole. We need to get uh, lost Elric, uh, Elric of Elric. Mel- Melniborn. I believe it is. I could be complete. Elric. Michael Moorcock. Is it not an elf? Is it a human? But he's just white hair and, and, and pale. Elric of Melniborn. Yeah, he's a doomed albino anti-hero. Okay, yeah. No, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that works. Yeah. Elric of Mel... Oh, he looks cool. Right? So, even then, that still didn't hit for me. So, like, nothing about this character was interesting or unique. Nah, or I'm cool. a sucker for this design. I think you, like, put this design on there. I'm like, oh, you're scary. <laughs> so, like, I just, like, I'm like, oh, you terrify me and intrigue me. You I'm going to stand up my zero albino for it, elf vampire <laughs> character. A zero, yeah, I'm not. I'm going 2.1 for me. That's so high. <laughs> yeah, but I was a two on Aldrich Killian, and I want the point one as a meaningful difference that as much as I love Guy Pierce, uh, Malekith has to at least be better than Aldrich Killian for me. Fair enough. Ge- I might actually ge- end up dropping generic, down Killian. Ge- but- generic dark elf uh, is better than yet another generic corporate bad guy for me. That is uh, fair. So- I'll break. I'll break it with uh with with a two point one against uh, the two that I have for Aldrich Killian. Uh, you're a freaking zero on Malekith, mm-hmm. and the audience is a one point four. Malekith, uh, congratulations! Alongside Thor: The Dark World, you are at the bottom of the barrel here, <laughs> as far as the villain rankings are concerned. On everything is super. Uh, General Ross. Spoiler alert: If you didn't listen to the Survivor Earth's Mightiest Heroes versus Villains podcast, uh, which by now I think the spoiler moratorium is up. 
Uh, and if you haven't listened to it, I'm still just saying words to give you the opportunity <laughs> to leave before I spoil the outcome of the thing. And you've got like maybe like, I don't know, like five more words before I spoil it. General Ross won Survivor Earth's Mightiest Heroes versus Villains. And I thought that he was going to be at the bottom of the barrel here for the whole way through. But no, Malekith has dethroned him. So uh, Malekith is the worst villain of the MCU as it stands. Yeah. And I think that's where he's going to stay. <laughs> I think that he's better than General Ross, but whatever. Yeah. The zero from Kevin is going to be pretty hard to fight against. That's the way a heavily weighted data point, Kevin. They should have tried is harder. That, is that zero? <laughs> um, Post credit scenes, there's two of them. Yes. Um, there's the collector. Uh, talk about charm. I would eat the Benicio del Toro uh, onion ring, that the second onion ring in the Happy Meal. I don't oh, know yeah. what that is. Maybe that's like the special sauce. That's this the, is like a this is the condiment that's unopened, so like you definitely can put that on the burger. I feel this is like the the someone someone got a, a like free sample for an upcoming um, uh, uh, meal that they're going to be <laughs> yeah. trying out, right? Like they're like we're yeah. trying out a new thing. We're trying out this new dipping sauce, right? So uh, we, we don't know what this. you think about it yet. It's a collector's item. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so, so that's you pop what that it, is. you open it, and like it's got a little too much ball stag in it for my liking. <laughs> so like you have to like take some points away because there's a lot of ball stag in this sauce. Um, but it's got so much BDT, <laughs> b- big BDT energy. energy. And Benicio del Toro as the collector is freaking awesome, man. I, I love Benicio del Toro as the collector. What a strange performance. The bow. Mm-hmm. Everything about him is just bizarre AF and really tipping the hand. Uh, a bow towards James Gunn's vision for Guardians of the Galaxy, which we're so close to at this point, Kevin. Yep. Uh, that that I, I like the tip off towards that. Uh, and I, I really like seeing BDT here as the collector. Tragic, uh, tragically, not a lot of him in the MCU, but every 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 bit that we get, I really do enjoy. Uh, so I, I'm, I gave this a four. I gave this a four. I don't think it's quite as fun as the therapy session from Iron Man 3, um, but maybe maybe that's mostly because I just really don't like the amount of Volstag in this scene. <laughs> uh, and also maybe like, it seems like there are significant trust issues or should be with the collector. Is this really the guy to give the ether to? Is this the guy that, like, if you can't have two infinity... Wouldn't it be safer to have two infinity stones on Asgard than an infinity stone here and an infinity stone with the collector who seems, like, pretty hot for an infinity stone? That's like giving... That's like hiding the one ring with Gollum, being like, Gollum, the ring rates are coming. Go hide. Here, take this. He's like, okay, cool. Peace. See ya. Smell you never. Yeah, but it means he'll fight really hard to keep it. So I feel like that's the thing is like you give it to someone who won't give it away easily, I think is is, is a smart move for something like this. Like you don't want to be able to get it back because the idea is that, you know, having all of these things could be bad. So even for you as a people, you're just like, that's dangerous. We shouldn't have all Infinity Stones yeah. even as Asgardians. Um, yeah. But I'm in agreement. I didn't go as high as four. Um, there was a lot of stuff. Four for Thor is not happening. Um, instead, I gave it a three because I do think it's entertaining. I think it was very fun. It got me really excited again for Guardians. That's going to be coming up very soon, as you mentioned. So um, I, three, I think, is, is is a great number for it. Um, but there, as you said, there is two. There is a second post credit scene, a post post. Yeah, what's the describe the second post credit scene for it? The post credit scene is <laughs> shortly from where we left off with Jane. She's at home having a sad breakfast cereal. 
they're all like, Flora, he's not coming back. He was gone for two years last time. And she wants to be like, no, he'll come back this time. And then they hear a sound and then a rainbow bridge opens up and Thor comes down and they get to embrace and be happy. And if it was just that, I would have been like, this is stupid and I hate it. But then we get a fun little scene after that which is where my entertainment value came, where there's a bunch of birds flying and this giant like cave throw-like dog that came through from one of the portals earlier is chasing after it, trying to go at the birds. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. He- so I, I, I like all of that stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's, it's cute with Thor and Jane at the end. My biggest issue is... How is this not the actual end of the proper movie? Right? How is this how is this the post credit scene when this is the ending of the movie? The ending of the movie is Thor chooses to go back to Earth to be with Jane. But the end of the actual movie is that secretly, oh no no, thank you. Loki is the new Odin and that's a post credit scene. So it's like that is in tribute to this idea that this movie just like does not know what it's aiming for. This movie can't even get the post credit scene and ending right. <laughs> like the ending of the movie was edited in the wrong spot. That's supposed that should be the post credit scene. There's no editor, I told you. <laughs> no, there are. There are two and they're mad at us. <laughs> but like it's it's not it, it like that that really frustrates me because I think that this final final scene, like if you separate like the the extraterrestrial dog piece out of it. Uh, like I think that that on its own could be like a fun little stinger post credits. Um, but like the Jane and the Breakfast Nook and Thor coming back, that's the movie. Why is that a post credit scene? That's the movie. That should be the end of the movie. Especially, and then you're... like you could cut. Then you could cut back to like Odin watching with Heimdall from the Rainbow Bridge, and then Odin walks away, and then shifts into being secretly Loki. Like maybe that would work. But like the but the. The point of the movie is Thor going back to Jane. Like this scene doesn't work as a post-credit scene. I gave it a two. Uh, okay. I I also gave it a two. You're almost tempting me to give it lower right now, but I'll stick as a two because I also I didn't like the Jane. So I, I don't. It's not that I didn't like. I didn't really care that much about the Jane and Thor stuff. I like the little dog scene at the end because I like dogs. You like um, dogs. But the other thing, actually, now that you pointed out to me too, you know what I really dislike as well, and this isn't the only movie that's guilty of this. But when they have that scene, you know, he's in the throne room, he's sitting there as Odin, and then, like, he transforms back into Loki. That's another thing that's that's just for the audience. Why would he transform into back into himself sitting there? What if someone turned around? What if someone walked into the room at that exact what a moment? Funny, what a funny concept of someone being like, ah! And he's like, oh! Oh, right. Sorry. So, so one of my favorite. Uh, it was doing, a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. We're doing uh, the Buffy rewatch, and there's a hilarious scene where the heroes leave uh, an area, and the bad guy steps out and starts like monologuing, where it's just like, "You think you're safe now, but you just wait. You haven't seen the last of Ethan." And then, like the one of the people like come back and is like, "Is someone in here?" And he's just like, "Oh, bug! I damn! I thought you left." And it's just this hilarious moment. It's perfection because it's the, it's the flip of that that ridiculous moment that keeps happening in movies. Which I love, and that's one of the things I love about you know Buffy and Angel is that they play with that sort of stuff and and, and go against the the, the 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 trope. But yeah, just nonsense, nonsense. Oh, this movie, this movie, Josh. <laughs> uh, all right, we have to come to some consensus about a couple of things. Final battle rankings. Oh boy. Um, where would you put Thor: The Dark World? It's better than the Incredible Hulk's final battle scene for sure. Yes, I can agree with that. It's better than Incredible Hulk. I think it's better than Iron Man Two. I don't know that it is because I think like at least like it's fun to have like the banter and the interplay between Rhodey and RDJ. That's uh, true. In, in Iron Man 2. That's very true. And I, and I also kind of I, I admire the way in which in Iron Man 2 
they just like so decisively mutually dunk on Whiplash because the idiot like took his helmet off and stuff and shouldn't have shown up. Uh, and so Whiplash gets dealt with really swiftly. And it's like a demonstration of Whiplash, A, being an idiot, but B, Iron Man and War Machine being awesome. So I think that I like that for flavor more than I like Thor of the Dark Worlds. Contact. But the visuals at least is cool. And if I go by the final, if I go by the, my, my battle standard, like Iron Man 2 suffered because it didn't, it didn't play into the environment really at all. I mean, they were in this terrarium area. What about when they're in the little terrarium? The but terrarium that did, no, cool. none of that really did anything. Can't you picture the terrarium though? I can visualize the terrarium. When you close your eyes, can you yes. not see the Iron Man 2 terrarium? I can see it. But again, can you see can you see how much of the iconography of the final battle of Thor the Dark World can you see when you try that exercise? That's true. None of them because they all ended up blending together and being really boring. I even forgot that they went into a subway. So you know what? You're right. It's it's they squandered an awesome potential. So I do think you you might be right here and Iron Man 2 is better because okay. even though it had potential, they squandered it terribly. Man, I'm so good. I'm so good at this. You convinced me. I convinced you, though. It's yeah, I take my great. victory a little bit better on that one, though. <laughs> Your victory is definitely better than mine, for sure. Uh, Stan Lee cameo rankings. What was the Stan Lee cameo in this one again? Yeah, because I don't remember either. <laughs> now I'm like, what? When I, when I was thinking, I was like, what did Stan Lee do in this? Oh, he's in he's in the uh, uh, mental institution with Selvig. Yeah. Um, I actually did think that was a little bit fun. Um I think that that is of uh, the same spirit of like the the did we win stuff, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I think I, that it's it's probably better than the Iron Man cameos. It's which better are at than the Iron bottom Man. of our list. I think it might be better than Cap. So I might put it at above Captain America, but below Iron Man three. Yeah, because um, like pervy Stanley is is funnier. Yeah. Um, insane like older stanley and i think it could be interesting knowing what my favorite stanley cameo probably is and what it implies so i do like how this plays into that okay oh i like that are you gonna have a grand unifying theory yeah. of uh stanley i can't wait it's not even that i have it i mean they, they told it to us i mean people had had had, <laughs> had it, it was a popular you know um a fan theory that they were just like yep let's do it and so all right Let's run, let's run through some feedback before we wrap up here. Uh, Jeremiah had said, Thor is my favorite. I wanted it not to be the mess that everyone says it is, but alas, dot, dot, <laughs> dot. That is the comment. Uh, 99 Geek says, even the worst Marvel movie is still a good movie. The only exception is Thor 2. <laughs> it has a lot of fun moments like any Marvel movie, so it's not completely throwaway, but at a certain point, it just throws logic and the very rules of its universe out the window. Uh, again, Evil Roy was the one who said Thor The Dark World is much closer to okay than terrible. Uh, that was the position that I came in here. I tried Evil Roy, but the more we talked about it, the more I think I'm I'm with Kevin. I'm with Kevin, I'm with Kevin on this one. I'm with Kevin on this Join one. Me. Join me. David says, in earlier versions of the movie, Jane and Thor's relationship is explained to be partially a function of the universe protecting itself. Essentially, destiny pulled them together so that they would be in a position to thwart Malekith. Given that their connection is one of the weakest aspects of both the first Thor movie and this one, do either of you feel that the decision to pivot away from this idea hurt the film, or would it have made it more understandable why Thor was still fixated on the cute scientist from Midgard he had spent a few days with two years ago? I didn't realize that that was a piece of this, but I think that that probably does end up making more sense, right? At least it's an attempt to make sense of it. It's an attempt to make sense of it. I would have liked it if they explored at the end their own personal reactions to finding out that, you know, their attraction to each other wasn't possibly real and you could delve into that. I don't 
I honestly do not trust the movie to be able to explore that in an interesting and relevant way. But it could have been cool. It could have been cool. That would have been a potential that 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 they had. But I feel like like the final battle, they would have squandered it. Um, uh, in terms of some of the comedy from the movie, Benji writes, I'm not sure how I feel about the immediate switch to comedy right after Loki, quote unquote, dies. But also I laughed out loud when Thor hung Mjolnir on the coat rack. There's some funny moments in here, but it is it is disjointed. Everything surrounding the Loki death is very odd. It's kind of bold the ways in which uh, Taika just like takes full aim at Thor: The Dark World in Ragnarok. Like the the stage play, yeah, with, uh, with, <laughs> with Matt Luke Damon, Hemsworth one of the Hemsworths, and, and Matt Damon and Sam, Sam Neill, <laughs> like is clearly making fun of uh, how over the top melodramatic this uh, scene is, where Loki like dies but doesn't actually die absolutely and i think you know th- again those, those are more elements that bring so much fun to to ragnarok and and give it a little bit more personality than we ever get inside this movie is the dog from uh the other uh side of the galaxy has it uh, has it appeared in your apartment kevin is that what we're hearing oh, barking no. ever guys, so slightly in the background just a little bit him? I'm just, sorry. A, li- just now, a little bit uh, <laughs> I just I didn't want it to go unaddressed. Uh, he's such a jerk. He's so far away and he's still just going at it. I apologize is it, to everyone. Is that giant uh space dog also named Gus? Yes. Yes. All dogs are named Gus, so people people might not know that Kevin has a dog named Gus. Kevin and Robin have a dog named Gus. Great dog who pees on me when I see Gus. It'll be a long time before I see Gus, unfortunately, but I can't wait until that day comes. A uh, single tear. He's gonna pee um, everywhere. He's gonna pee everywhere, all you, over you. But what kind of dog is Gus? He is a terrier mix. I believe he yeah. has Pomeranian terrier, Cocker Spaniel, and small dog, Chihuahua. small dog, Very tiny small dog. dog, tiny tiny dog that thinks it's a space dog. Yes, he he's sixteen pounds. He definitely thinks he's like a hundred or way more than that. I guess like he thinks he's a ton. <laughs> yeah, but he is uh, the tiniest thing. Fitzy says, I watched this movie for the first time, was not expecting that 10-second Chris Evans, Loki as cat mocking Captain America bit. It was laugh out loud funny and the best moment of the movie. Is that the best scene of the movie? I think it probably is. For sure, without question. Yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that's number one with a bullet. I think like the second best thing is um, when Loki figures out that Frigga is dead and he uh, like snaps everything in the room. That's a cool shot. Yeah, that's a cool shot. Like I like that more than like the reveal that he's like crumpled in a corner. I think when he's just like standing there and he just like sort of like telekinetically destroys everything in the room is a is a cool move. Um, the great Professor Strunk says this movie is easy to beat up on as a studio paint by numbers with the greatest manifestation of the MCU's villain problem ever. Malekith is downright dull, but what makes him even worse is you sense he is what an out-of-touch studio exec would think is cool. The try-heartedness of it all makes it even lamer, but here are some redeemable aspects of the movie. Loki generally, Frigga generally, Loki's relationship with Frigga, Kat Dennings, and the quips are pretty good, especially the London tube scene. Uh, it's coming from Professor Strunk, who is uh, one of the biggest Marvel fans I know. So if he's taken down the Dark World, uh, I think that that's probably it's probably the right the right move. Um, I don't know. Uh, we didn't even touch on the fact that AAA is in this. Adewale Akinoye Kabaje, aka Mr. Echo, aka Simon Adebisi from Oz. Where, AKA where one is of my... he in this? He's Curse. He's he's a rock monster. He's a rock monster. Oh man. Oh, wait. Mr. Echo's the rock monster. Wait, which rock monster? Because there's the rock monster that is part of the bad guys, and then there's Korg's dad, who Thor definitely murders Korg's dad. Not Korg's dad. Not Korg's dad. <laughs> Mr. Echo isn't Korg's father. Got it. He was the one Mr. who Mr. Echo is the dark elf who they turn into another different rock Got monster. Got it. Okay. 
Um, and I but, know, like I've said before, like, let's just be grateful to have these great actors in the MCU, but like, that's a stunning waste of AAA. Same thing with uh, Idris Elba in this one. Like, what was yeah. that? Like, he had one scene and it was a pointless one. You're just like, oh, what a waste. They yeah, really got to really really do something cool with him, bring him back in some way and do something awesome. I mean, he, no, he, he has a cool no, moment. I think he was unhappy and I think that he's probably happier to just be done with it all. I guess let, let the man live, you they know. Sh- they should have made him Lex Luthor. Oh, well. Um, all right, so that's that's Thor at the Dark World. Uh, I think you know a little over an hour is about as much time as uh, in, <laughs> this movie deserves. <laughs> in, in these days that we can devote to Thor at the Dark World, uh, fingers crossed that we can really, really get into it with Captain America: The Winter Soldier next week. Uh, considered one of the great Marvel movies, uh, some some put it like right at number one on their lists. Uh, a movie about the the call is coming from inside the house is the big idea of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, wish us luck as we negotiate that conversation on this podcast. I'm excited. Need it, Kevin. <laughs> I am too. No, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to talk it through with you. I, I love the movie. It's just a great action movie. It's the beginning of the Russo brothers era at Marvel, which is, uh, uh, as it stands, I think the defining highlight of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's certainly the modern Marvel Cinematic Universe is uh, defined by their vision. Um, the character vision is introduced by Joss Whedon. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Get your feedback in super at postshowrecaps.com. You can tweet at us at postshowrecaps, at Round Howard, at Kev Mahade. You can subscribe to the Everything is Super podcast feed or just where uh, your, your postshow recaps main feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can do all of that stuff. Uh, Kevin, anything else? Um, just going back to kind of what we talked at the beginning, um, please... Um, follow any channels about Black Lives Matter. Please donate if you can. Um, anything you can do. I think, you know, a lot of people, actually, I saw this online somewhere, um, feel bad that they can't go out to protest. Um, there's a lot of reasons you can't, but realize there's not just one lane when it comes to this type of stuff. There, There's a lot of ways that you can do stuff and help. Uh, going out is one. Donating is another. Amplifying voices is another. So, you know, don't feel like all you have to do or all you can do is go out there and, and, and if you can't, then you, you feel terrible. Like, there's other things, you know, so, um, yeah. I feel do, like you're talking directly to, to my stupid anxiety brain right now. No, I'm like, not. I mean, I, it's okay. It's okay. It, it is okay, Josh. It is okay. You know, there's, there's, again, there's other ways to do it. Donate, to, right, you know, right. uh, to bail funds. There's a lot of ways that you can do it out, you know, submitting to crippling anxiety and then putting yourself in, in, in danger into a bad mental state. So, um, you know, just to everyone out there, just make, you know, just saying like, there's lots of reasons you can't go out, but there's other things you can do. So if you can do something, please do. Well, I think an hour and 13 minutes or so uh, is enough to avoid crippling anxiety from talking about Thor the Dark World. Uh, So (laughs) I think we should we should consider ourselves lucky that we are that we are uh, keeping it relatively brief for us here on Post Show Recaps. Really excited for Cap next week, really excited to dig into all of that with you, Kevin. Uh, if you're not following Kevin on Twitter, you're missing out. At, at Kev Mahadeo, great follow. Uh, Mahadman.com, themahadman.com. Uh, themahadman.com. I haven't updated in a while for obvious reasons, so um, that they'll still probably be it's a little coming. Bit. Yeah, it'll be coming. It's coming. Um, I got stuff going, but I, I'm definitely going to hold off until the time is right. All right, everybody. We are going to be talking more. Uh, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that we're going to be talking more. Everything is super next week. That is the plan as it stands. Flexible situation, obviously. So uh, keep subscribed to the podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, fingers crossed with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Until then, everybody, take care.